Welcome to another episode of 10 Minutes With, supported by the PHA Group, where we meet with entrepreneurs and business leaders from around the world to find out what makes them tick. Today, we are joined by Fiona Howarth, CEO of Octopus Electric Vehicles. So welcome, Fiona. Thanks Hi, for Mimi. joining us today. No problem. Um, so just to kick off, it would be fantastic if you could just give us a brief introduction to Octopus Electric Vehicles and essentially explain why it exists. Um, so Octopus Electric Vehicles uh, was started a couple of years ago. And actually, we found it was very difficult to get good information about electric cars from just general people you might expect to get it from. So if you stumbled into a dealership, for example, to ask about what electric cars might be available, they may or may not have one in their range. But even if they did, they might not have the expertise on hand to be able to tell you about it and even a car on site. So what we did is we kind of explored a bit how people find out. They found out a lot about it through the internet. But if they really want to speak to somebody or get a test drive, it's very challenging. And now we actually partner with car manufacturers, with dealers and with car leasing companies to get great rates. We can also get you charging, charging at home and charging for your workplace. And then we can also get you great energy tariffs as well to charge up those electric cars in the middle of the night. So as we've gone along, we've tried to work out how can we make it as easy as possible. Great. So given that Octopus Electric Vehicles does span such a kind of a huge range of services and offerings, what exactly does your specific role entail at the head of the business? Yeah, so I mean, we're a bit of a retailer. I mean, imagine car phone warehouse for electric cars. So what do I do? I'm thinking about what do, what do customers really need? You know, what do they, what are they thinking about? What's the journey they're going through and how can we best serve them through that? And how can we get the best products? So it's setting the direction for the team. So we've got a team that focus on pricing and making those deals that I was just discussing around, you know, some of the, the leasing companies today have different views on what that car's going to be worth in three years time. And that impacts the monthly price they're going to sell it to you for. So if we can find those leasing companies that really know electric cars and they can see the potential for them in a few years, you're going to get much lower monthly prices and we can then offer you those. So we're, we're looking for those great partners and then working with great partners in charging uh, in Octopus Energy on the energy space. Great, and looking at where you are now, it'd be really interesting just to hear a little bit more about your background. Um, so sort of your professional background and why you took the leap into electric vehicles specifically. Actually, do you know what? I've been excited about electric cars since I was a teenager. So I remember speaking to my physics teacher about how we were burning all these fossil fuels to create power and to power our, our transportation. And yet there was this other thing called renewable energy that was clean and it didn't create any health issues and it was better for the environment, etc. But we weren't using it. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, well, let's get this right. And he's like, but it's way too expensive and actually it's difficult to switch people over. But it became really clear that we were going to switch over to a different form of transportation and, and power generation within the next 50 years. So I was like, so what are we going to be driving? What are we going to be driving in 50 years' time? And actually, I, I went and did engineering with economics at university. And as part of that, I actually worked with BMW doing hydrogen cars and hydrogen fuel cells. Because a number of people have said it was going to be that. It wasn't going to be electric cars. It wasn't going to be batteries. It was going to be hydrogen. And from there, I went to work for Bain, management consultancy. So working with big organisations. I worked at DEC. I did a secondment with DEC, which is now BASE, the government department for energy. And that's where I learned around demand-side response and how... Actually, the way that we add more renewables onto our energy system, we also need to offset that with other ways of uh, managing our energy supply. So then I, then I joined Bain, where we were working with a number of bigger organisations to create and build brilliant businesses. Uh, and as part of that, I did a secondment to DEC, which is now BASE, the Department of Energy and Climate Change, the government's energy department. And that's where I learned around demand-side response, which is where, as you increase renewable energy on the uh, energy system, 
actually you need a way of managing the, the energy consumption and matching that. Because at the minute, actually fossil fuel can be increased, fossil fuel generation can be uh, increased and ramped up and ramped down much more easily than renewable energy can to, be, to match that consumption. However, if you can adjust your consumption of energy, then you can match that better with renewables. So, so anyway, that was really exciting for me. And as I started to think about that more, I got approached about a job at AlertMe, where you can control devices remotely from your mobile phone or through a central platform. And actually, that's exactly the same thing that we want to do with these electric car chargers, is we want to be able to remotely control your electric car charger so that we can charge your car in the middle of the night or the middle of the day when there's a lot of sun shining, when the electricity is cheap, when the electricity is green. And, and actually, that's exactly one of the things that we've done here as well, where we've got time of use tariffs, where in the middle of the night, we can unlock really cheap charging uh, time. So 5p per kilowatt hour of electricity, which is about a third of the price of normal electricity, all green, to power your car. Led me to where I am now, which is this passion for renewables and electric cars, this experience in connected homes technology and remote charging technology, and pulling that all together to create a, a new business around EVs, charging and energy. It's interesting to hear you talk about that moment when you thought electric vehicles, you know, were, were where to kind of throw yourself towards versus the hydrogen early on in, in your career. Um, you know, EVs and going green is having a bit of a moment right now. Uh, but w- was there a moment for you when you knew that this was the cusp of something huge or that Octopus electric vehicles had already achieved something huge? Yeah, I mean, I think for the market, it was about uh, two and a half years ago, just shortly before I started this role, actually, where I realised that electric cars had got really good. And, you know, I really, I've been into this for a while. And I've been so busy working hard on Hive, having a couple of kids, I just hadn't noticed it. And I was chatting with a friend, she actually had a Tesla, and she was telling me about her Tesla. And I was like, is it really that good? She's like, it's brilliant. It's amazing. Have you not driven one yet? And I was like, no. And she was telling me about the Tesla supercharging network. And it was at that moment I was like, oh, it's happened. It's happened. I've not been looking. And actually, this whole market has changed. And and the more I started to look into it in the next couple of days, you know, the Nissan Leaf had changed. And and that was the biggest selling electric vehicle in, in Europe at the time. And they were launching this new one with this bigger battery and better range. And there was this whole pipeline of amazing electric cars coming to market. And it was at that time that I had another conversation with Greg Jackson, who's the CEO of Octopus Energy. And he was saying, well, we're doing these things in electric cars, Fiona. Here, that's something you're interested in. Do you want to come and do it? And I was like, yes, let's, let's do this. And uh, so that was, that was the big moment for me. In such a fast-paced sector where, you know, the climate crisis is in the news every day and these amazing electric vehicle ranges are launching week by week, how do you manage your time? Really important, actually, with so many opportunities to be quite focused on where we can differentiate and add most value and the same time remaining flexible because other opportunities can drop into your inbox or you know be pitched to you at conferences you know unexpectedly so um, the team are, are fantastically flexible and I think it's something I've learned so much about working in startup organizations that there's a need to be really flexible and you know we're working on, on a certain market and really there's a there's a huge skill that I'm still practicing and working on always a learning curve I think yeah <laughs> And you mentioned that sort of, you know, that fast pace and, and having to realise if something's going wrong, that might just happen and move on. Yeah. Has there been a biggest mistake? Do you know, there's probably been quite a few. 
but I can't even name uh, anyone that really stands out. And I think that's part of that culture, which is it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay. We'll just make the mistake. We'll learn from it. And do you think that's something that is prevalent across all businesses today? Or have you seen a marked change with your corporate background versus startup life? Yeah, I mean, I think it's much tougher that a number of corporates do uh, have a have big processes actually to make sure they don't make make mistakes because there is this fear that if they make a mistake then it's going to cost millions of pounds and actually that can be a real challenge with doing startups where you do need to be able to have permission to fail. Um, it's amazing actually watching Octopus Energy grow though and still maintaining this nimble fast-paced you know decision making and and the kind of the startup culture even though it's growing into quite quite a sizable business now. And aside from being perhaps comfortable is the wrong word, but sort of comfortable to fail sometimes. Is there another piece of advice that, that you would give to other people in that scale-up, start-up mode of their business? I think it comes down so much to people. And is there one thing that you would say sets you apart as a business leader? But I think this is probably true across lots of business leaders, to be fair, but it's, it's an absolute passion for what we're doing. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. Okay, well, join us next time for another episode of 10 Minutes With, a podcast supported by the PHA Group, where we meet with entrepreneurs and business leaders to find out what makes them unique. Fiona, thank you again so much for your time today.